Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Whoa, it's WTIC. It's Wednesday. It's kind of cold. Feels a little bit like winter, doesn't it? Lewis, West Hartford. Hi. Hi, yes. How are you? Thanks for the call. Yeah, you're welcome. So um, I actually live in West Hartford, and so I heard about all the um, fatalities and accidents. And um, I think the debate seems to be, you know, whether we should put police on more police on roads, and then we have uh, Mayor Cantor's um, who knows what it does policy. But I think uh, we should look into actually redesigning the roads to fit the speed limits that are posted. That sounds like a good idea, a revolutionary yeah. idea. Yes. Um, there's actually a great video. Um, there's a few great videos on YouTube about the concept of a strode. It's a portmanteau of street and road, a strode. And yeah. it's a really bad design because it's got a lot of, it's it's like very straight, but it has a lot of things coming off of it, like uh, retail shops and houses. And so there's like a mixture of pedestrians crossing traffic lights and people turning into places and just not a good, it's not a good recipe. So is the, what is the good recipe, do you think? Um, well, I think that a uh, good recipe would be having, uh, so streets, like city streets where there's a lot of resident, residential um, traffic, mm-hmm. make them have like maybe more curves and um, narrower if they're narrower, it discourages people from speeding. If there's multiple lanes, people are more likely to go fast. And there's a lot of multiple lane roads in West Hartford that are that fit that description of a stroke. There, like also, uh, there's also wide ones and divided ones, all kinds of roads that make it feel very luxurious to just drive as you wish. Yes, yes. Lewis, thank you for the call. We've got to let you go because we need to get a traffic report, which we love to do in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center with Mark Christopher. Hello, Mark. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Well, it's WTIC, and we appreciate you being here. We're talking about politics, and not really. We're talking about the state of the world. 
And this theme that I'm most intrigued by that we can see happening in our world is everything coming apart, falling apart. And that political parties are, and government in general, government is maybe the best way to describe it. Government fail, uh, favors this rush to collapse that we seem to be in right now. This whole thing about natural gas, that all of a sudden it's too dangerous to, to cook with natural gas. All of a sudden, out of the clear blue sky, we've been using it for for centuries. I don't know how long it's been. We've had piped in gas forever. And they've never said a thing about having any concerns about it being burned without exhaust. Remember the old houses with pilot lights? Now, it's possible this is a byproduct of making tight houses of all the government regulation, the climate change regulation, making houses so tight so that what used to be fine because there's so much leakage in older homes, that's possible. But it's, it's just a wonderful example of how government moves to screw everything up. It loves, it, it, it just has one policy after another. Oh, how about $17 billion to redo the roads in Hartford, the highways, to redo the, Hartford, the, the highways, to redo the highways. They screwed it up so bad they want to do it again. $17 billion, are you kidding me? 20 years ago, I watched the big dig happen in Massachusetts. Two and a half billion, I think that was budgeted for, and it ended up around twenty billion. Might have been a little more, might have been twenty-two billion, something like that. But you, you know, just do the math on what that seventeen billion dollars will turn into. And if you think about that seventeen billion dollars, think about why government is always running around looking to do infrastructure. It's a beautiful thing for them. They love it. The taxation system is all in place, the sharing of monies between the state and the feds. It builds productivity in the area because everyone's driving. But more importantly, it looks like government's doing something because government doesn't do anything, you know, except screw things up. Government doesn't actually create anything but burden on us. And the burden becomes such a burden that they have to raise taxes to pay for the cost of the, the burden they've created and the new one that they have coming down the pike. That's what government's all about. We cannot survive much longer with government like this. And they seem to think they better speed up the destruction. And I think they're right. I think that's how their plan works. Their plan is to destroy things in such a big way that we can't see any way out of it. We don't even think of a way out of it other than turning to the government. But what we really need to do is get rid of government. That's really what our charge is. We've just got to get rid of it. Frank in Woodbridge, hi. Todd, you're 100% right on this situation when it comes to debt. 55 years ago, my family went to a bunch of businesses, and one of them was the loan business, and it was a very, very big business. And my father said to me, Frank, this is the most important business out of all of them. And I said, why is that? And he said, because, Frank, the borrower is the, debt, is the slave to the creditor. So the customer is the slave. That's right. That's, that's, that, that line is in the Bible, and he is 100% right. When you borrow money from somebody, they own you. That's it. 
and they own the asset that you borrowed the money to buy. And that's exactly one of the, I'm telling you the truth, that's how my, one of the big reasons why my family became very wealthy. We got money into <laughs> businesses, and if they couldn't pay, well, guess what? We're partners. Yeah. So, and it's the same thing with the student loan debt. These kids can't pay the debt. Well, guess what? You are now the rest of your life a slave to the government because you cannot file bankruptcy to get rid of that loan. Well, that's the good. That's the good outcome. The bad outcome is they say, "I oh, don't worry about it. It's just money, and we can print more of that." Yeah, but they can never get a loan. They can't even get a car loan. They default on that. Frank, good can't to hear get from a car you. Loan. It's been a while. It's good to hear your voice. Thank you for the call. Eight six zero five two two WTIC. Tony in Hebron. Hi, Tony. Wait a sec. I I did it the old way, and we've got a new thing here. All right. Hi, Tony. Did you hear a little beep when I put you on the air? Yeah. What does that mean? I won the bagels. That means you get the free hodgepodge that we've got out back in the shed. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. What's it, uh, Joe Biden doll. What's that? Was it a Joe Biden blow-up doll? I can't tell you anymore right now. It's top secret. Okay. Yeah, what's the next thing this left group's going to say? That we can't wear socks? Who's going to say that? The left-wing group that says we can't have gas stoves. Oh. Yeah, because they want you cold, you mean? I guess so. They're insane, all these people. And Joe Biden has no guts to tell them to knock it off. It's not about guts. He's doing the same thing. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's just, you, you know, I, I'm glad they found these records now. And, you know, Trump is off the hook now because if they're not going to do something to Joe, they can't do anything to Trump. Well, I think this is part of what drives Donald Trump to to have such disdain for the power structure. I think and, and specifically in the case you're talking about. So Joe Biden is a document thief, too, like and, a, and an abuser of national security, like Hillary Clinton and Uma, her assistant was. And like, uh, who was that guy? Berger, Sandy Berger. Remember him? He yeah. was an he was a Clinton aide who went in and stole documents and destroyed them. Oh, yeah. Nothing happened to him. Nothing. So Trump looks at it. Yeah, they're documents. I want to keep them. I'm the former yeah, president, president of the United States. Why shouldn't I? Now, I'm not saying he did the right thing, especially when they came looking for the documents. He should have just given them back. I mean, what's the big deal? Unless he's got some, you know, unless he's going to solve the Kennedy assassination for us or something. Well, but but the, the point being that these are games everyone plays, but they're two sets of rules for Democrats and Republicans. You know, the shameful thing is we vote these fools in. The public votes these Democrats in again. Well, that's because nobody knows and nobody understands. How do we spread the word better, do you think? I, I don't know. I mean, we got to take take their stoves away. What, what else do we got to take away from them before they wake up? <laughs> no more snowblowers? See, I think the I think this is there's going to be an implosion. So just think this through. What they want to do is artificially raise the cost of energy by squeezing everything. That's what the governor's uh, gas tax proposal for the called the TCI. The idea was to uh, to uh, cut back on the amount of available gasoline at gas stations and to allow that to that little shortage that you create by having a, a cap on how much can be sold. That makes the market go kind of crazy. The, the, the cost goes up. People drive less. 
And they want to somehow destroy everything. And I believe it's got to do with this fact that only government can help in these situations. They just want to make a mess of everything because I think they're starting to learn. Like they've ruined education now with public schools and, and teachers unions yeah. controlling the schools. It's not teachers. Teachers are wonderful. But the, the power structure built around schools is designed to destroy us. And it is. Uh. So how do you fix that? Like, you, you know, they, they're government-sized problems, and everyone says, oh, we need the government to give us the money for the student loans. But those student loans were supposed to help us. That was the government. Well, you know, and they, these kids, college kids, they're so bright. Why didn't they realize he didn't have the power or authority to do that? It was illegal. To do what? Repay their student loans back, not to repay them. Because everything the government does is illegal. It's all unconstitutional. The whole shebang is just a hoax now. And it worked. He still got the vote saying, oh, I was going to give it to you, but they wouldn't let me. And, uh, and you man, know what? You know why? Because uh, also one of the great political scams is to fight for things. I'm fighting for you. That works. Yeah, yeah Dick Blumenthal, he does the same crap. Yes, everything he does is a is a, an utter fraud. It's all yeah. performance art. It's like he's a Saturday Night Live character that got let loose in the state. Yeah, that's not a U.S. senator. No, he, he's just a con man running around playing at at, at being a senator. It, it's ridiculous. I don't know how much lower this country can go. How are you getting by, Tony? Uh I'm just trying to get my health back. What, well, from, what happened? You have a crisis? Uh, I had a GI bleed. I had a gallbladder that was dead for a long time. I never knew it until I almost had a heart attack. You Yikes. Know, you know, so if your gallbladder goes bad, you don't know anything about it? I didn't because the doctor said maybe I was on so many, so many meds, I, it just masked the pain that, you know, and I didn't know until one night while I was in the hospital with a GI bleed, I thought I was having a heart attack. And so are they the getting you said, off those drugs now? You have to be off the drugs. No, I'm trying. Get off I those drugs, Tony. Get healthy. Thank you for the call. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but we've got new technology here, and it's a little – it's good. I'm not unhappy, but it's um, – I'm learning the tricks of the trade here. Joe in Newington. Hi, Joe. Hey, how are you? What's happening? Good. I just wanted to commend you for your comment because I think when you just said that teachers' unions are bad but teachers are wonderful, I don't think enough people differentiate, and a lot of blame goes to the teachers versus the unions. So I just wanted to uh, thank you for that comment. Teachers are wonderful, and uh, I agree with you that the unions could be a, a deficit of points. Not at points. Are you a teacher? <laughs> I'm not. Well, I was long ago. I come from a family of educators, and I see how hard they work and what they do and how uh, – a lot of the things that are put on them now are kind of forced down their throats so they can't do the kind of things they used to love to do and kind of have to follow a script now. Well, that's just one of the things. I mean, that's the, the point is we shouldn't have one-size-fits-all education because we need, exactly. people, we need people to be able to get great education. And we know great things, great products come in markets when people can choose and when, when the entities providing the services can compete. And if you don't have that, then you have 
grossness like we have. We have gross schools in in many areas where where people need great schools, they have awful schools, and and that we can't survive that. Yeah, one other point, too, I, I see West Hartford is going back a little bit. They're going back to a model of let children play a little bit. And my wife was a kindergarten and first grade teacher. She said she got more done letting the kids have some bit of expression rather than be put in this, you know, one-size-fits-all when the kids had some chance to express themselves and, you know, and do play and do fun things. They, they learned more even though they didn't realize they were learning. You're right, Joe. Play is how young kids learn. Yep. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Great to hear from you. Appreciate the phone call. 860-522-9842. This is for you. This is for you to listen to because you said, well, listen to Dan Malloy, because he spelled it out. He spelled it out why it's not about teachers being bad. And giving teachers raises doesn't even give teachers raises. They run around and they raise taxes. Oh, Somebody was doing, there was a story uh, yesterday, I think. They're always running around with these hoaxes about how they want to, they want to, uh, they want teachers to get paid more. Teachers don't get paid more when they want to pay them more. Listen. Listen to, listen to Dan Malloy. You remember him. If you look at what we are spending, every cent of additional revenue that has come in since 2011 goes to pay pensions, teachers, and state workers, and other post employment benefits. Every single cent and more. All the tax increases of Dan Malloy and and now this guy Lamont, it's all about paying that nut. They're trying to pay the nut. Rick, hey there, you're on the air. Thank you for the call, Rick. Rick, Rick, what happened, man? Did I cut you off? I apologize if I did. I'm still learning the new system. So what Malloy's saying here is it doesn't matter how much they raise the taxes. It's not for new stuff. It's to pay the nut on the old stuff. Because the commitments they've made to buy the votes of state workers who are in the unions, the money they use to do that doesn't exist. So they raise, each new governor comes in, and the first thing he has to do is generate some new source of money to pay the awful burden that has been put on the back of taxpayers. Anything else you hear, when you hear bragging about success, that's all nonsense. The debt goes on forever. They have destroyed the greatest wealth ever created in the history of mankind. And it's not just they went on a spending binge and ran out of money. No, they keep, they keep going after they get to zero because they figure somebody in the future can pay it. I've got to get reelected right now. That's how they look at it. 860-522-9842. In about 40 minutes, we'll do the rants. 860-751-4698. Drop a rant for us. BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. It is Mark Christopher, the handsome guy over there. Hey, Mark. 
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Something from the Todd Feinberg Show. Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Yes, WTIC. So what else is going on? Everything feeds this story. That's why I brought this idea up about what's going on with government. Why do you think government is trying to destroy us? And everything in our society seems to be working the same way. You know, it used to be your uh, local, well, I don't know what, TV station was locally owned. And the guy who owned that TV station would be part of the community. And he would care about what was on the broadcast of that TV station. He would care about the newscasts. He would want there to be content that he could be proud of. Now you've got these big companies owning stuff. I, it just seems different to me. I'm not looking to blame anybody. I'm looking to find the roots of the difference. Government has learned that it can do bad and that if it does bad, it can do good. I don't know why that is, but that's how it works. Isn't that strange that they get away with doing bad and when they're doing bad, they get reelected. But government government is doing bad they're trying to for whatever reason make it impossible for us to survive financially now the obvious reason is that if we can't survive financially then we need them and if you're looking to institute a communist society which seems to be their plan because that's what we have now then why wouldn't you just keep going down that road Double down on the communism. And then we, we can't trust our politicians either. Maybe we never could. Maybe we're just foolish and naive and reality is catching up. Listen to this. Details. Tonight, President Biden at a summit in Mexico, again ignoring questions about his handling of classified documents. Ignoring questions. Joe Biden ignoring questions about his mishandling of classified materials after he criticized Trump for mishandling classified materials, but never criticized Sandy Berger getting off for stealing and destroying classified documents or Hillary Clinton for getting off for ignoring the security requirements of the documents she was mishandling or her aide Uma 
Like, this is all a joke to the people on the inside. And you get this feeling. I'm not saying Trump is uh, any holy character here, but Trump was doing what it appears people in power, Democrats too, do without thinking much about it. So why all the, he gets demonized, the whole media machinery. The, didn't the media machinery used to be something we could trust and would do good things? What happened to that? Why all the, why all the phoniness and the fraudulence? Did they always lie like this? Were they always on both sides of issues like this? Or is this a new thing? 860-522-9842. Mark Christopher, he's a guy I trust. I don't know anyone else who's trustworthy. He's in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. The information is good. What's going on, Mark? Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Rock and roll, it's Joe Markley time, former state senator and former all kinds of things. I don't know what he is now, but he used to be good things. Hey, Joe. Hey, I'm, I, I'm at this moment. I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm teaching a class up at uh, Williams College in their winter term. Where is so Williams I'm, College? Is that with all the Williams, other schools? That's up in uh, in the northwestern corner of Massachusetts. It's a small uh, four year liberal arts college and uh, really one of the best colleges in the country. And uh, very I have some very smart students, liberals, unfortunately, but uh, uh, great great kids to interact with and i'm enjoying it very much i've taught on and off my whole life and uh i, I really like being in the classroom yeah it must be fun but it's not very uh, it doesn't take up a lot of your time does it you just kind of go in there for a couple hours and that then you come back next week right what i'm doing is they have a january term todd so i'm in three days a week and it's uh it's it's like a it's almost like teaching a full semester in a month. So you have a two-hour court class three days a week. So it takes a good deal of time, not oh, just in the classroom, but obviously getting ready for, for these kids who are sharp kids and you need, to, you need to be prepared for them. Well, they can't be that sharp if they fall for all this liberal stuff. Well, you know, hey, this is something I say to people all the time. I've said it in this class, too. I wish the world were so simple that all the – all the good and smart people were on one side and all the bad and stupid people were on the other side. But I really have, that's not been my experience of it, that uh, people are distributed more evenly from the left to the right of the spectrum. No, it, it's and fascinating. It's fascinating. And the toughest ones to get to see the obvious are the ones who've had the most education, I find. Well, you know, there's always the question of, of being educated and being smart. And I think that's an increasing problem in our society, given the types of education that are being provided now to these kids. But the fact is, there's something um, that's fundamental to the nature of a person that I think tends to make them a conservative or a liberal. I think that, that in this whole question about, uh, you know, why liberals who tend to say, wouldn't it be great if we did X? And I think a conservative says, yeah, but what's going to go wrong? And that kind of distinction is, um, is is something that goes beyond politics. It goes to every aspect of human behavior. It's, it's a little bit like a question of saying, are you an optimist or are you a pessimist? Um, and I think that conservatives tend to um, be more aware of the downside of things. And I think it's healthy to have both of them kind of just like divided government. It's probably healthy to have both instincts in play. The trouble is, to my mind, that the uh, uh, the progressive instinct, which is let's fix the world, has really gotten the upper hand. Well, the the liberals. I'm trying to think of 
the period of time, 60s, 70s, 50s, when Republicans and Democrats really weren't that different. You had a conservative party and a liberal one, and the conservatives espoused small government and and some conservative-type things, and liberals favored bigger government, but there wasn't that much difference between them. So it's not all that magnificent that Ronald Reagan could could share a drink and, and a laugh with Tip O'Neill. The, the disparities between the two sides weren't prohibitive. But I feel like the ideology is different now, and, and people aren't realizing that, that if, if you are if you are somebody who's optimistic, I'm an optimist. I believe great things can happen. But it's been proven time in memoriam that big government is not the way to do it. I guess as I say, great things do not happen because of great projects. They happen because of um, individual initiatives. And this comes around. I always have the chance to tie it into what you've been saying in the afternoon. You've had some um, talking about effectively about the collapse there's a there's a book by a fellow named Joseph Tainter. It's an excellent book for people that are listening that want to read something meaty. It's called The Collapse of Complex Societies. Mm-hmm. And Tainter, it's my book's 15, 20 years old, maybe. Tainter goes looks at, at societies going back over thousands of years. And he says, the problem is, at a certain point, a society becomes so complex that it uses up all its energy in in in, in maintaining the structure of control and it no longer has the capacity to solve problems it spends all its time just maintaining um the bureaucracy that it's created and it goes it tainter portrays this all the way back to the mayans and all these different uh folks and i this is what exactly what i see going wrong in our country is i mean big government is a threat because it does bad things but it's also a threat just because in and of itself it's a it's a energy waste and something that creates a big rickety structure like a like like the, those great big dinosaurs that were very vulnerable when the meteorite hit. What survived were the little tiny things, you know. So the uh, there's a New York Times podcaster Ezra Klein who is a liberal, but he's also a smart guy, uh, and those are yeah. two very separate things. And right. and he and he, he he will be honest about what he sees going on. And he was talking, oh I don't know, last summer about how he's figured out that it used to be that that liberalism did have a payoff because governments did do big things that were productive and pushed society forward and he says now they've made so many laws about being careful not to build things without making sure you have all these hearings and whatever they've built these bureaucracies to protect people from the the projects that they love to build that they can't build the projects anymore so they just appropriate the money, and then the money gets spent, but nothing gets built from the money. Exactly right. And the funny thing is, the people in government, unfortunately, only see the costs of of what what somebody does wrong. They don't see the costs of what somebody fails to do that's good because government was interfering. I well, that's true about- of us too, though, Joe, isn't it? We We are not clued in enough and paying close enough attention to be able to put together all the things they've dropped, the balls that they have dropped, or that where they've just done moronic things. Again, the example of the student loans, where they created the student loans to help make college more affordable for people, and now they're claiming that they made 
those student loans that they created have made life unaffordable, which is true. They took a little problem just having to do with one narrow part of life, higher education, and now they have women not having babies and young people not wanting to get married, not wanting to move to the suburbs and buy a home and feeling like they can't afford to live a life because they owe so much in student loans. And they have made it is their very actions that have made college unaffordable because by creating these huge student loans, they've allowed colleges to raise tuitions um, in a way that they simply wouldn't have been able to do. Um, if they they forced them to raise tuitions because that's what you do when your demand spikes. That's right. And and what and where has that money gone in the college? I, I, college is a crazy thing. Education is a funny thing in that there really is, to my mind, just one legitimate expense, which is teacher salaries. I'm not saying the teachers should be paid more or less or whatever, but the basic cost of education is teacher salaries. Um, but well, but you do need a room for everyone to sit in. You need a room, although although Todd, I said said this to the teachers unions, but uh, the best education that happened in human history took place with uh, with uh, Plato walking out up and down in a grove. That's where the term academy comes from, is the Greek word for a grove. Um, I feel like give me a room and a blackboard, and I don't need to go any further. I, I, and give not, me a Mediterranean uh, climate. Well, yes. I mean, I, that's why I say I need a room and a blackboard. But, okay, you don't need much fancy. I mean, they, they, they give right. a computer to every kid, all this stuff, that's not education. Yeah. education no, and, and the basic. new buildings, uh, you know, if we're talking about public education, the, the, the cover story for public education is we have beautiful buildings. And it, hey, for, for private colleges, I'll, I'll talk about Williams College. Um, Williams College has been building and building and building because they've got a big, big um, endowment. endowment and they've got uh, big amounts of money coming in. And uh, they're building buildings that they don't particularly need. But it's like, the you know, this is the same thing as the president wants to You need them for competitive a, reasons, though, don't you? You need them because you need the a other people are building. union building. That's yeah. right. And, um, and the other place that the money has gone, even more of the money, is into administrators. Um, Yale University has more administrators than it has undergraduates. Now, the undergraduates aren't the only students there, so it's not like saying there's an administrator. No, but it's still student, a significant statement. Is that a literal statement? That's a literal statement. There are more administrators at Yale University than there are undergraduate students. And well, they ought to start the, flunking some of those administrators out. The, absolutely. And and what do the, the administrators aren't just a waste of money, Todd. Again, this goes back to the complex situation. The administrators are an outright problem. If you're a teacher, if you're, if you're a professor, the administrators are going to create work for you, which is not essential to what you're doing in the classroom. They're going to say, gee, we need to get this information. Let's have this form filled out. Let's, let's start this program. Let's change the, um, uh, let's change the, the computer program that all the, all the professors are using to have a new and better one. And if you talk to a professor, they're like, don't, I don't want to learn a new computer program. I just so want let's to teach bring class. let's bring this point around because this point I think yeah. we've made the point that by cre we've reached a developmental stage as a culture where there's so much wealth and so much uh, bureaucracy created that we it's a burden that is crushing the weight of the machinery that's supposed to be carrying our society around. And what is the solution to that? You know, it makes you think about about 
the founders and, and 240 years that we've been at this, maybe we've just reached an end point, a natural a conclusion where you can only get away with having a successful country for so long, and then it dies under the weight of its own stupidity, and uh, you have to let it collapse and start over. But how do you do that? Well, that's almost Tainter's point, is that these things just naturally run their course and collapse. Of course, I would say we st- the solution is still there in the Constitution. The founders had the right vision, which was a government that was built from the bottom up, where the, where the top of the government, the federal government, was the smallest and least important part of it. And the most important part of it was local. And that will never go away. If indeed we have a societal collapse, and Todd, I, it, I'm half expecting it. I'm kind of hoping it, things hold together until I check out of this life, but I, I, I'm not optimistic about the way things are going. If there is a collapse, the rebuilding will happen at the local level. It's the people in Southington or the people in, in, in Williamstown, Massachusetts, that are going to get together and say, well, listen, it, it's the, it, the money's not coming from the state anymore, but we still need to have some policemen. We still need to have firemen. We still need to have teachers. Let's get a system together that makes that happen. We don't need, we don't need um, Hartford or Washington to do that kind of stuff. And in that mm-hmm. sense, frankly, um, what do you need Hartford and Washington for? If you, can, if you say we can maintain public order, we can educate our kids, and we can take care of the people who, need, who are in need in our community because we are a community and we know who those people are, um, it, then you'd say, well, it doesn't matter to me whether, whether Hartford gets its act back together in the state capitol or, or not as long as, as long as Southington can function. I can, we can keep our roads in repair and yeah. get them plowed. The trouble is you've got this model there and you've got politicians and uh, they'll be even if we've even if they've collapsed our government, they'll say they're the ones who are needed because they know how government works. And they'll be looking to start it all up again and they'll be looking to memorialize the rules that let them plunder more. Well, we had a great system that, it, it, to my mind, it took us at, le- at least a couple of hundred years to um, to mess it up thoroughly. And yep. uh, if we could get a good reset, we might have another another couple of centuries. All right, of that's us. what we will look towards, Joe. we got to start planning for that, I think, though. Okay, very good. I'll look forward to it. Good to talk with you. I'm glad you're having fun in the classroom. Very much so. Yeah, it's great to be with, it's great to be with students, and, and they're, they're, they keeps you young, as they say. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Joe, happy yeah. for you. Enjoy it, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care. Joe Markley, former state senator, former candidate for lieutenant governor on the Republican side of things. Good guy to talk to. We have him in on a regular basis. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 